He watches just me. Is I? Let's give the Lord the praise as we prepare to worship our God this morning. What a blessed opportunity for us to be back in the service one more time. Amen. Amen. As we prepare to worship our God this morning, we thank God for each and every one of you that have made it to the sanctuary in our physical space, as well as those that are joining us online. So if you're watching us on Facebook, Vimeo, YouTube, or engaging in our live chat room, on our church website, welcome to St. Paul Online. Our digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage you this morning. So real quick, do us this favor. If you're watching us on Facebook, share on your personal timeline and tag those you want to invite to the post. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to our channel and text the link of this service to your personal network. And if you're in the chat room on our church website, click the invite button in your chat window and share this experience with others also if you don't mind let us know where you're watching us from on youtube facebook and our church website we'll love to see uh where you're checking us out you can put it in your city and your state as well as if you want to take a picture and post it you can do that as well on facebook twitter instagram and just use the hashtag st paul online or st paul baptist north carolina amen uh minister joshua Jordan is going to come and he's going to lead us as far as our worship experience is concerned. So let's put our hands together and give God praise as prepare to worship our God in spirit and in truth. Praise the Lord, everybody. No, come on, we can do better than that. I said praise the Lord, everybody. I didn't say praise me. I didn't say praise the Panthers. I didn't say praise North Carolina or Clemson football. I said praise the Lord. I know just me, when I think about what God has done, when I think about who God is, I can't help but give God praise. He's the one who makes water wet. He's the one who makes sugar sweet. He's the one who woke me up this morning. He's the one who started me on my way, gave me a reasonable portion of health and strength. And for that, all I can do is say, thank you, God, and give him the praise. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that he allowed me to be in the land of living one more time and to come into this house and give him praise. Oh, I'm so thankful to God that we're able to come and gather together one more time. Let us start and join together uh, with our choir as we give our great God praise in our opening selection. 
Good morning. We, we are the Potts family. My son, Prince, granddaughter, Janasia, my daughter, Leola, grandson, Sean, Janae, I mean, not Asia, Alasia, and Leah. This is the second Sunday of evidence. We began evidence last Sunday by lighting the first candle. We, the candle of hope, we light it again today to remind us that Christ is coming to fulfill God's promises and that we still have hope. This morning we light the second candle which represents peace. After almost three years of a worldwide pandemic, we are still doing the right thing. We wear our masks, we social distance, and we wash our hands. That seemed to be the mandate for peace and safety. Yet all around us, our community, our nation, and our role, in our role cannot see, the, see to find a way to live peacefully with each other. The prophet Isaiah prophesied, prophesied that peace would come from the root of Jesse. May this season of Advent be a time of peace as together we wait expectingly for the soon coming King, Jesus Christ. Today's scripture reading is Isaiah 11, 1 through 10. A shout shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord, he shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness. He shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. The wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf the wolf shall live with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the lion and the fatling together. And the little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the ass. And the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be the full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that, on that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. Please bow your head and close your eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for waking us up this morning, for without you, we would not be here today. And thank you that your unconditional love is a love we never have to live without. 
Thank you for your sacrifices were so great that we now have eternal life. For so whoever be believes in, his, in your begotten son shall have. And I hope you bless all the families that are going through a rough patch. And please, during this day of worship, more people come to you with their hearts and their souls. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord.
anybody know that he's worthy today? Oh, anybody know that he's worthy today? Let me try that one more time for the Holy Ghost. Anybody know that he's worthy today? Amen. I thought Deacon Reggie Patton was about to fly away. That thing got good to you, didn't it, man? Amen. 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 Yeah, man, listen, rub some of that energy off on me today, all right? Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to all who are in the sanctuary as well as those who are watching us online. We thank God for your presence in our physical and our virtual space. And this is the last first Sunday of the year. This year has gone by fast. And so we thank God that the Lord has allowed for us to make it to this point. Uh, let me, before I share my observation, just want to give a give a mad shout out to my fellow fratters. This is their founders day, the men of Alpha Phi Alpha. Amen. And so I uh, just want to give you all a major shout out since it's on a Sunday. <clears throat> my foot was getting stuck up here. I don't know what's going on. I'm giving y'all a shout out. I'm giving y'all a shout out. All right. Amen. Amen. I want to, um, as we move forward, as far as today's worship experience is concerned, um, want to let you all know a couple of things. Number one, uh, our tours for Tot Drive, we are uh, $1,127 away from our $7,000 goal to make a meaningful Christmas. And so I am wanting to give you a major thank you for all that you have done thus far. And I believe that we can make this a working reality on today as far as this goal is concerned. So, uh, in fact, I believe that probably today will be the last Sunday we will be asking you all to give for Toys for Tots. All adult Sunday morning live students, stop by the table in the vestibule to get your new Sunday school book and uh, devotional. Uh, and if you're not in the class, but want to join the class, see Reverend Brenda Richardson uh, after service. Uh, we're going to restart Bible study for two weeks uh, this month, and it will resume on Tuesday, not Tuesday, Thursday, rather, at noon and at 7. We're going to continue to uh, wrestle with the question, why is there evil and suffering in the world? And also on this Friday... 7 o'clock, we will have another St. Paul Marriage Ministry tune-up, a virtual event for married and engaged couples, and you are more than invited to attend. Uh, Pierre and I will have uh, conversation and humor and insight and experience um, as we lead and share with couples and have couples to share with us as far as how to keep the fire burning. So come and be ready to interact with your spouse and other couples as far as our virtual experience uh, on this Friday at 7 o'clock uh, p.m. Just also want to mention that because of your generosity, because of your generosity, because of your generosity to the Charlotte Rescue Mission, they really consider us to be a major partner uh, in their new building, in their new building that uh, will be going up uh, to um, house men and women that are dealing with um, 
alcohol and drug addiction. They're going to have a steel beaming, a steel beam signing, a steel beam signing week after next, a steel beam signing. And I have been invited to uh, give prayer and to sign the beam on behalf of the St. Paul Baptist Church. Amen. And so I will make sure we're going to, I'm going to make sure I put uh, St. Paul Baptist Church disciples uh, here in Charlotte, and we're going to be part of something special. And of course, we're listed uh, in their partnership as far as that's concerned. So again, St. Paul and friends, thank you all so very, very much. We're making a difference in the lives of a whole lot of people that we may never see. But uh, we are touching and making that difference. I want to, and I didn't do this last week, but I want to do it this week. I want to thank um, Sister Deborah Potts and her family for leading us in Advent. I'm going to ask that they would stand and let's give God praise for them. Amen. Thank you all so very, very much. Um, you may be seated. And also last week we had our brother... Um, Joseph Greer and his family that led us in uh, our first Advent. So we thank God for all of those that are participating as far as Advent Sunday is concerned. Next week, we will have um, impact worship on the second and third Sunday. And I believe there's also a special activity that uh, will be taking place. And uh, Minister Joshua Jordan will share that in the impact worship service. And you know what I, we talked about, so I'm good with that. And we'll make that a work in reality. Amen. So as we move forward, I want to thank St. Paul. Um, uh, I just want to thank you all for everything you all have done to help Deacon Pat Chambers and her family navigate and deal with the loss of her husband, Deacon Nathaniel Chambers. Uh, you came out in, in strong force on yesterday, and of course, she has been greatly appreciative of your calls, your cards, your visitation. I know she will in her own imitable way. Uh, thank you all for what you have done. Uh, Deacon Nathaniel Chambers, that's a major loss for us. Major loss for us. Major loss for us. Um, and he is definitely going to be missed, so we want to keep her lifted up in our prayers and so as we prepare to go to the lord in prayer we want to lift up the family of dr ida richmond the aunt of disciple tanya clinksdale those services will be today at johnson c smith university chapel visitation at one services at two we want to lift up um deacon um bobby lowry uh, who lost his wife sister betty those services will be this Tuesday, this Tuesday, uh, visitation at 11 and the uh, celebration of her life at noon. We also want to lift up the family of Disciple Cleon Huntley, the grandmother of Disciple LaShawn Huntley Rogers, and those services are pending. The family of Deacon Nathaniel Chambers, I just mentioned earlier, his services were yesterday and we want to flank them with our prayers. The family of Sister Janet Michelle Martin, daughter of disciple Carolyn Martin her services were yesterday at Sacred Souls Community Church here in Charlotte the family of Reverend Paul Miller 
father-in-law of disciple Joe Wilson. His services were at the Tristone Missionary Baptist Church in Asheville, North Carolina. And then the family of Reverend Gordy E. Brody, the brother of disciple Diane McPherson. Those services were held yesterday at the New Zion Hill Missionary Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia. We also want to lift up, um, I got word today that um, uh, Brother Alan Davis, uh, his nephew, uh, was murdered last night. We want to keep that family lifted up in prayer. Uh, violence is so abound in our culture. And something has to be done about that, but we want to cover uh, that family in prayer. We also want to lift up uh, William Gary Dunlap, uh, Catherine Evans, Ruth Lockett, uh, our uh, pastor emeritus, rather, um, Dr. Paul Drummond and his wife, uh, Sister Thomasina Drummond, we want to continue to lift them up in prayer. I also got word that Deacon Elizabeth Pendergrass' daughter is in the hospital, and we want to uh, flank her with our prayers um, this morning. I believe, as crazy as it sounds, I believe that the Lord still answers prayer. Amen. So, Minister Joshua, if you will come and take us to the throne of grace as we prepare to um, offer up our prayer concerns for our sisters and brothers. Let us bow. Oh, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for your many, many blessings. Lord, we know that we can't grasp your greatness. We can't fully appreciate all of who you are, Lord. But we're so thankful that in spite of our finite minds, that you still use us, and that you still have love for us, and that you still care for us, Lord God. God, we're so thankful for your grace. We're so thankful for your mercy, God, and we appreciate who you are. God, right now I come before you confessing all the sins of everyone here, mine and everyone that's out of my voice and those on the airways. God, we know we haven't dotted every I. We know we haven't crossed every T. We know we have not done everything right, yet you still have given us another chance. God, and for that, we can say thank you. And this isn't just chance two. This isn't just chance three, but you've given us chance after chance after chance, God. And we can be just say thank you for that, God, because we know we don't deserve it. God, there's so much hurt. There's so much pain. I know that as we head into the holiday season, there's many people who are celebrating, but there are also some of us who are hurting. There's some of us who are lonely, God. There's some of us who are wondering how we're going to make it, God. There's some of us wondering how we're going to put gifts under the tree. But Lord, I pray and I know that you are the one who comforts us and meets us where we are, God. You are the one who provides every single one of our need, God. Even when we are lonely, we know that we are never alone because you are always right there with us, God. I pray that you provide comfort to those who need it, God. I pray that you provide solace to those who need it, God. I pray that you provide because you own the cattle on a thousand hills, Lord God. And if you've got a cattle on a thousand hills, I know you can give us one of those for us, Lord God. So, God, we have to just trust you, God, and we do trust you. God, we just ask, even right now, God, that if someone needs healing, you provide a healing. If someone needs a breakthrough, you provide a breakthrough, God. And I pray that we all, after the word is preached, we all leave here, God, never the same, but changed, encouraged, uplifted, God, and knowing that we can make it, even no matter how hard it feels, no matter how hard 
life is going, God, I pray that we just know that with you on our side, we're going to make it, and it's going to be all right, Lord God. So we praise you. God, we thank you, and God, we love you. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you believe that God is answering that prayer, can you give God praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're allowing worshipers to come in to be seated. And um, amen. Amen. Welcome, 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 welcome. It's offering time. It's offering time. It's offering time. What a blessed opportunity it is for us to be able to give unto the Lord as far as uh, this moment is concerned. And um, there are several ways that you can give here at St. Paul Church. The first one is by either mailing your check or money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte 28205. Or you can drop off check, cash, or money order here at the church. But if you would do us this favor, call the church office at 704 704- Three three four five three zero nine to make sure someone is here to receive your offering, and to um, uh, so we can put it in the safe and make it part of the following week's count. The other way you can give us to our website uh, through uh, ACS or Church Life, and you can also give through the app called Givelify. And if you don't have that app on your smart device, download it, connect it to your favorite credit card, and in three clicks you can give. If you have a physical offering here in the church, if you have a physical offering, um, at the appropriate time, I'm going to ask those that are on the outer aisle, uh, close to the edge of the outer aisle, if you would, take the basket underneath the row, underneath your pew, or on the side of your pew, rather, pass it down, and we will receive the Lord's offering that way. Uh, Don't forget. Beloved, we want to close this gap as far as Toys for Tot. Everything you give for Toys for Tot will go to uh, make sure that someone has a blessed Christmas. Amen. So if you would, if you have your offering, be it digital or physical, or if you have already given, just put up your right hand. and Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and we thank you for this wonderful opportunity to partner with you in giving. And Lord, as we come and we give not grudgingly nor out of necessity, but cheerfully because you love the cheerful giver, take these gifts of ours, O God, and bless them so that we can be a blessing to others. For those that are practicing discipline of tithing, bless them according to your word. For those that are giving something, increase their faith. And then God, for those who feel like they don't have to do anything, Lord, continue to, as we would say, move them toward a place of conviction so that they will understand that giving is when we're most like you. It is in Jesus' name that we pray, and in his name we claim it done. Amen. For those that are closest to the outer edges, if you would, uh, take the basket that is beside you. There's not uh, on the outer edges. Amen. And they're going to pass them on down. Thank you. All right.
don't know what you might be going through this morning. God does. We come to let you know that he's going to make it all right.
Trust the sweetest frame, the holy laid on Jesus' name.
Come on, let's give the Lord praise. Certainly, certainly great to hear Brother Hunter leading the hymn. With some of his life challenges, it hits him a whole lot different now. And we thank God that the Lord continues to strengthen him and give him the resolve to be a blessing as far as that gift is concerned. We're in what is called the season of Advent, uh, heading, making a mad dash toward Christmas. And over the next few weeks that the Lord allows for me to share the gospel, uh, the word of God, the preach word, uh, I'm going to be talking about God's gifts to us. God's gifts to us. And so today, um, I'm going to talk about the gift of life. And I want to, if I could, call your attention to Titus. That comes after 2 Timothy. Titus chapter 3, verses 3 through 7. Titus chapter 3, verses 3 through 7. And from the New King James Version of Scripture, these words are printed. For we ourselves were once also foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, 
living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I want to preach for the time that is mine, appreciating the gift of life. Appreciating the gift of life. <clears throat> Every person in here, regardless of whether you believe in God or don't, have been granted a wonderful, precious gift. It's the gift of life. And this gift is filled with such possibility and potential, wonder and worry, choices and consequences to which God has granted each of us. Regardless of our educational background, socioeconomic status, gender, class, ethnicity, race, sexual preference, or even religious affiliation, God has granted and graced all of us with this incredible gift called life. And one day, we all will have to give an account for how we've handled and stewarded this gift. Regardless of what you think about God, believe about God, like about God, or even hate about God, all of us are going to one day stand before God and give an account of what we've done with this thing called life. The unfortunate worldview that is so pervasive is based upon the words of Invictus when it says, I am the master of my fate, I'm the captain of my soul, and when you operate your life from that premise, then you become a god in your own eyesight. When you become a god in your own eyesight, and when you have to face the real god, it can become very diminishing because you realize that then ultimately you weren't all that to begin with. See, it's this type of thinking that has created persons and created a culture that is spiraling out of control on the brink of major catastrophe, war, climate change, ethnic strife, geopolitical upheaval, and extreme partisanship have too many of us wondering if life is really worth living. This is further complicated by the fact how we don't even value our own life and how we don't, unfortunately, Brother Davis, value the life of others. We have become a nation of violent, unloving strangers. A teenager now would take a person's life quicker than quick without considering the consequences both temporal and eternal. Yet there is so much more to our life and living than all the craziness we see on the news and deal with in our daily reality. There is so much more to life than amassing material possessions. There is so much more to life than acquiring things. 
You and I are more than the configuration of the top four ingredients of our human body. The top four atoms, hydrogen, oxygen, carbon, and nitrogen. God did something absolutely astounding and amazing when God created humanity according to Genesis. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, the Bible says that God uh, took some dust and formed and shaped man out of that dust, breathed into that dust, the uh, breath of life, and uh, Adam became a living soul. The soul is a combination of body and spirit. And we must understand that the body is a gift from the creative mind of the divine. Who else can take some dust and do something with it? All right, that may not shout you, but let me see if I can really get you to understand what I'm, where I'm coming from. Who can take some dirt and make folks like you and me? about anybody else but 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 I, I'm, I'm keenly aware that there's not anybody in here that can do anything with dust dust ain't nothing but stirred up dirt uh, dust ain't nothing but airish dirt and it is our God who was able to create flesh out of dirt and then breathe into that dust according to the Bible the breath of life and man became a living soul there is no soul if there is no body, but no spirit. There is no soul if there is a spirit, but not a body. It is understanding that the soul, which gives us life in the here and now, and it gives us life in the hereafter, because one day when we die, God has promised us we're going to get a brand new body. That's better than the body we've had in the earth realm. So I believe that God wants us to live this life with great expectations and with powerful testimonies. He wants us to do it with a sense of joy and grace and fulfillment and purpose, compassion and energy. Uh, notice I didn't say God wanted us to be happy because happiness is dependent upon what's happening. And if your happiness is dependent upon what's happening, then you'll be up today and down by this evening. But oh, if you have joy, that joy is predicated upon something that is beyond you and outside of you. That joy is connected to our God and the writer of Nehemiah reminds us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. St. Paul and friends, I want to suggest to you that our life is meant to be more than just going to school, going to work, trying to make some money, be in relationship with friends, trying to get a boo or a bae. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly. When you and I really begin to appreciate this gift of life, it's going to change you. you. You will move from settling to soaring. I hate, Minister Jordan, how too many of us claim to be disciples of Jesus, but we're living beneath our potential, possibilities, and promise 
for this life because we have become complacent through complaining rather than triumphant through transformation. In other words, we miss the wonderful redemptive moments in this life that God wants to manifest in our reality because we have become satisfied with the status quo. And when you become satisfied with the status quo, we empty ourselves of the willingness to explore new things, to engage in new works, and to employ new methods. As a matter of fact, the mantra for a whole lot of church folks is, we ain't going to do it because we never done it like that before. So we become stuck and stagnant and stanky. Until we are satisfied with what he is, rather understanding that God has a whole lot more in store than you and I can ever imagine, dream, or think about. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all we ask for, think according to the power that works in us. Is it interesting to note that Paul mentions something about the power that works in us? This means whatever greatness will be achieved, whatever transformation will take place, whatever positive mark that we will be made in the world, uh, you and I have to understand that it will not be on God alone. That it is a partnership between God and humanity to bring the kingdom of God into fruition so that one day lions can lay down with the lambs and so that we can study war no more and so we can turn our plowshares into pruning hooks it is the divine human collaboration to experience the magnificent things that God wants to bring to pass. It is cooperation between divinity and dust, heaven and earth to make the things of God a work in reality. That's why we have that phrase in the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, help me preach this thing, on earth as it is in heaven. We got fine cars, nice homes, fancy clothes, money in the bank, stock options, and a great family, and yet we're still miserable. When we examine our lives, they are filled with challenges, changing jobs, downsizing, outsourcing, advancement in technology, increased mobility, nurturing children, children leaving home, children coming back home with children. Tackling tough relationships, separation, divorce, aging parents, growing older, dealing with retirement, coping with loss, and confronting death. That is life. Life is messy. Life is murky. And life will not go according to your five-year, ten-year, or even thirty-year plan and don't get it wrong, ain't nothing wrong with planning, but you better put your plans in the hands of somebody that can bring his plans into fruition. I will admit how many of us go through life with these expectations. Highs and lows, successes and failures, mountaintop experiences, and valley low doldrums. But what if I tell you there is more 
to this gift than meets the eye. Do you not realize that your life is a fundamentally shared gift between God and creation? That life is not something you got on your own. Uh Uh-oh. That somebody had to give you life. Oh, God. Even though, even though your mother may have birthed you, your mother did not give you life. Even though your father and your mother had a hookup and you came into being, that's basic biology, y'all. Your mother and your father did not give you life. Okay. Can I be scientific just for a moment? That, that there is an intelligent, creative, omnipotent designer out there that was able to put in the code of your mama and your daddy's DNA that allowed for a sperm and an egg to hook up. And here you are right now. Somebody had to make sure that your life came into being. All right, y'all can't shout. Let me put the hay where the cows can get it. Here it is. Uh, uh, If there was no God, there would be no life. If there was no God, there would be no universe. You and I have to give God praise because God is the ultimately one that gives us life. Your life, my life, our life are more than a byproduct of evolutionary nature. Your life, my life, our life is more than a byproduct of protoplasm and cells and muscles and skeletons and systems and tissues. Your life, my life, our life is by the product of our God saying, let there not only be light, but let there be life. But for so many of us, it boils down to what Paul Lawrence Dunbar says. A crust of bread and a corner to sleep in, a minute to smile and an hour to weep in, a pint of joy to a pick of trouble and never a laugh, but the moans come double and that is life. A crust in a corner that makes love precious with the smile, the warm and the tears to refresh us. The joy seems sweeter when cares come after. A moan is the finest of falls for laughter and that is life. But Paul Lines Dunbar, I love your poem, had to learn it while I was online. But I'm here to let you know that there is more to life than just a crust in a corner. There is more to life than just smile and tears. The Apostle Paul uh, gives us insight on the giftedness of life as he pens this letter to his son in the ministry by the name of Titus. Uh, on that island of Crete, Paul is writing to give his protege the ammunition to fend off sinful behavior and unproductive living that the Cretans were engaging. Paul wanted them to understand how giving in to every sinful desire and sensual pleasure leads to slavery and destruction. Your real freedom is not for you to do whatever you want to, whenever you want to, however you want to, with whomever you want to. No, real freedom allows for you to be able to do everything that God would have for you to do. We can become addicts to sensual gratification where a person is no longer free, but become a slave to their fleshly desires. 
Yet God's kindness toward us sinners in saving us should be the reason why followers of Jesus ought to be kind and gracious to everybody, even their enemies. Now, beloved, that is easier said than done. Why? Because it is not part of our DNA makeup to be kind to folks who ain't kind to us. Yet, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Jesus redeemed our current life because he gives us life to overcome the craziness of life. And so his life supersedes and is superimposed on our life so we won't fall apart when life throws everything at us, including the kitchen sink. So this is God's amazing grace, St. Paul, that is conferred on those of us who say yes to Jesus. And grace is not part of the human makeup. Grace is not part of our human nature. Am I right about that? Yeah. Check this out. Finish this statement for me. There's no such thing as a, help me, amen. No such thing as a free lunch. We make money the old-fashioned way we earn it. Uh huh. God helps those that help themselves. You get what you, uh huh. Ain't no grace in that. There's no grace in that. All of that is work. Money says buy your way out. Politics says legislate your way out. Militarism says fight your way out. Capitalism says money your way out. Philosophy says think your way out. Deception says lie your way out. But God says I'm going to grace your way out. As a matter of fact, your life, my life, our life should display the difference that God has made because God gave us this gift of life. And when you know that God has given you this gift of life, you got to understand that you're called to do more, be more, have more, and not settle for less. Yet, because of sin, we know that this world is not our home. We're merely strangers traveling through this barren land. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. As a matter of fact, this life is all you get on this planet and you need to make the best of it. This life is your gift from God. And if you're saved, God can make your life good despite of what happens to you. But you got to take an evaluation because your life goes through three phases. And if I could lift up these three phases for you, I guarantee that when I get to the end, if you don't shout, I'll shout for you because I know what the Lord has in store for us. We got to understand that there are three phases to our life, our past, our present, and our future. Let me say that again. We got to understand that there are three phases to our life, our past, our present, and our future. And so first of all, you got to understand that your past, my past, our past, without God is a mess. (laughs) And it gets quiet. In verse 3 of Titus chapter 3, Paul opens up this passage of scripture as he talks about our mess in the past. And if we're honest, we've had some of these issues in the past. Being foolish, 
disobedient, lying, giving in to various lusts and pleasures, being jealous, hateful, and hating on others. Paul says we were foolish. I know you don't want to be called a fool, but you were foolish. In other words, Paul is saying we were stuck on stupid, doing some dumb things that didn't make sense to us or anybody else around us. And I'm here to let you know that being foolish is not a lack of intelligence because I know a whole bunch of educated fools. You can have a high IQ and still be foolish. Kanye West is foolish. Donald Trump is foolish. Herschel Walker is foolish. And you and I know some foolish folks around us right now. Don't turn to the left. Don't turn to the right. Look straight at me. Paul says we were also disobedient. This means we were stubborn when it came to the truth. When somebody told you the truth, you just summarily dismissed the truth and wanted to do things your own way. Paul says we were also deceived, which means we allowed for the devil to tell us that we were doing good when we know we were doing bad. And we've been duped by the enemy to make him to make us think that our way is the right way. That's how you got in the mess that you're in right now. Adam and Eve messed us up by listening to a snake. And I guarantee that a lot of stuff we find ourselves in today is because we listen to a snake rather than listen to the spirit. Paul writes about how they were caught up in various lusts and pleasures, those back alley sins of drug, sex, and violence. And then Paul drops the hammer by dealing with our social sins from the past like jealousy and malice and hate. Racism, sexism, and classism have their roots in hatred. Our past was a mess, but aren't you glad that we serve a God who stepped into our reality and he rescued us from the power of our past sins? And even though we still deal with some of the residual effect, aren't you glad that the past mess that you were dealing in did not kill you because God did have a right to take you out every time you and I committed a sin? See, here's the difference between God and our past and other folks in our past. Can I tell you what the difference is? That when God rescues you from your past, he forgives you of your sins. He cast it into the sea of forgetfulness. It doesn't mean that God don't know you sin. God says, I choose not to remember that you sin. Somebody go get a shout right there. Which means that I know you messed up. I know you disobeyed me. I know you fallen short. But I have made the choice in my divine cognition that when I look at you, I look beyond your fault. And I see your need. Everybody in here ought to be shouting on that because if it was left up to the devil, all of us would be on our way to hell. But I'm glad I serve a God that has the power to override anything the devil throws our way. So our, our past was a mess. But our present can 
can be mercy filled. That's in verse four and five. And, and St. Paul is this, this, this move shouts me. Notice how I phrased it. I didn't say our present can be merciful, but I said mercy filled. Not M-E-R-C-I-F-U-L, but M-E-C-Y-F-I-L-L-E-D. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Merciful is when mercy is exercised by some outside source or person. However, mercy filled is when you know you've been spared wrath, judgment, anger that you deserve from God and is very apparent in your life. You ain't got to search for it. You ain't got to think about it. You know you should not be where you are right now. And that's why I said my life is mercy filled by a merciful God. Um, yeah. uh, 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 Paul, Paul, Paul tells us, Paul tells us how the kindness of God and the love of God our Savior, did y'all catch that? God, our Savior, toward humanity appear, not by works righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. In other words, St. Paul, you and I were condemned to die. You and I should not be alive. You and I should be dead because of the sins we have committed. But God was merciful toward us and filled our daily reality with his mercy. And that's how you know that God loves you because God had the divine right to take you and I out a long time ago. But he gives us chance after chance after chance chance after chance after chance after chance to get this thing right. That's how you know God loves you. There's a story. There's a story. There's a story. There's a story of a man that lost his dog. <laughs> and he wanted his dog back. Joshua, he wanted his dog back. Cherish wants a dog, but we ain't doing that. He wanted his, his dog back. Y'all do know a dog is like another child. He wanted his dog, his dog back. He put an ad in the newspaper with this type of description. Lost dog, reward offered. Mixed breed, but really a mutt. Limped because it been hit by a cop. Suffers from arthritis, blind in the left eye, missing large patches of fur because it's mangy. Dog does not hear well, answers by the name of Lucky. <laughs> now, 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 all of us are laughing. All of us are laughing, but he was a lucky dog. You want to know why he was lucky? Because somebody loved him. 
You want to know why he was lucky? Because somebody wanted him. Not for anything else. He was lucky because he was loved. And yet here you and I right now, every one of us in here ought to be shouting because we are worse than this dog. Lost because of sin. Limp because of our brokenness. Blind because we can't see the goodness of God. Our faith is impeded because we can't hear. We've been battered and bruised by the storms of loss. That dog was called lucky, but we got a God that sits high and looks low. And we ain't called lucky. We are called blessed. Woo! Do I have any blessed folks in the house that can give God praise because you're made right with God? Not because of anything you have done, but because of everything that God has done. And aren't you glad you can't pay your way to heaven? You can't work your way to heaven? You can't smooth your way to heaven? You can't jive your way to heaven? You got to give God praise because the Holy Ghost has made us right with God and he looked beyond our fault and he see our need. Go ahead, lucky I'll take the word blessed. Let me can 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 I can I got to deal with this text because I want you to understand that the Holy Ghost is doing a supernatural work when he washes us and regenerates us. I'm not talking about water baptism. Mm-mm. I'm talking about being sanctified. I'm talking about when the Holy Ghost gets inside of you and the Holy Ghost starts changing some stuff in you, it's called sanctification. That's how you know that you're really growing. And every one of us in here need more than just a water baptism. You and I need to be washed by the blood of the Lamb. And when you've been washed by the blood of the lamb, God is regenerating you because now the blood of the lamb is regening your spiritual DNA so that you will start looking more like Jesus and less like the ratchetness of the culture. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein and sinners plunge beneath that flood and lose all their guilty stain. The other reason that our present can be mercy filled is because Jesus Christ is our Savior. This is apparent in verse 6, but don't get confused in verse 4 because verse 4 says, God is our Savior. In verse 6, it says Jesus is our Savior. Paul, which one is it? Is God our Savior or is Jesus our Savior? Yep. You missed your shout. Let me say it again. Is God our Savior or is Jesus our Savior? Yep. 
Let me say it one more time for the Holy Ghost because y'all, I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. Let me say it one more time. Is God our Savior or is Jesus our Savior? Yes to both questions. Why? Because God our Father sent Jesus Christ the Son to die for us. Ooh, can I preach good doctrine right now? The sacrificial work of Jesus Christ where he made himself a sacrifice for all of us. He took on our sin. He provided himself an innocent sacrifice he bore our sins. He stepped out of heaven, came down to earth. He lived a sinless life. He allowed for puny human hands uh, to slap him on his cheek. There was palace judgment hall. They took some bamboo clubs. They put a crown of thorn on his head and they beat him upside the head. Then they put a blindfold on him and they played games with the king of kings uh, and the lord of lords. They shoved him from one judgment hall to another judgment hall. They whipped him on night long and there was the son of God being beaten for you and beaten for me. They took their big fist. They struck him upside his head. They hit him in the nose. His nose bled and they said if you are a prophet, tell us who's slapping you now. If you are a prophet, tell us who's hitting you now. They beat him down. They pulled the beard from his face. His face looked like a piece of raw meat. They spat on his face. Humans spit on the face of God. They took him out. Stripped him of his garments. Put him on a rack. His back was smooth as silk, but they ripped him until it looked like pulse and then they took some psychopathic dungeon keeper who was a volunteer for the job and gave him a whip made of a cat of nine tails with little bits of bones and glass and steel in it and they hit our Jesus until the blood came streaming down flesh would hang like ribbons many people would die just from the whipping but he made his way to an old rugged cross on Golgotha's hill called Calvary and they nailed the nail in his left hand they nailed the nail in his right hand they drove the spikes to his feet but they made one fundamental mistake because he said and I if I be lifted up I'll draw all men unto me and God our father turned his back on God the son because he had your sins and my sins y'all if that ain't mercy I don't know what mercy is and that's why I got to give God praise because I I know I should not be where I am right now but he continues to give me mercy chance after chance 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 I don't know I don't know who would want to serve a savior like that it, it's, it's just one more thing I need to drop on y'all 
Um, your past is a mess. <laughs> your present can be mercy filled. But if you hang in there, your future will be magnificent. Dr. Redmond, this is where I'm trying to get to. You and I are justified by the grace of God. Uh, we're heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Uh, in other words, the best is yet to come. You and I have been justified, meaning that God has said, you good with me, even though I know all your mess that you've done, that you're doing, and that you will do. Uh-oh. Boy, I'm, 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 I declare one day y'all going to shout on doctrine. Here it is. I'm justified. Which means I am made right with God. Not based on anything I have done. Because the Bible says our righteousness are like filthy, dirty rags in the sight of God. But because you and I are in Christ, that when, G, when God looks at us, he doesn't look at us through our righteousness. But he looks at us through the righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ. And because Jesus had it all together, that when you and I go before God, we don't stand on anything we have done. We stand on everything Jesus has done. And it is not because of what you've done, but it's because of what Jesus has done. That you and I have a right to whatever God gives us. Um, it, it reminds me, it reminds me, it reminds me, it reminds me of those that like to play football. And any running back has to have a good offensive line to open up some holes for him so that he could get two, three, four yards and keep the first down going until he scores a touchdown. No running back, help me Holy Ghost, makes it to the touchdown line without a line doing something to make sure other folks don't get to him. Uh -huh, I'm going somewhere with this. In, in, in other words, in other words, uh, no running back can look around and say, look at what I've done. That a good, smart running back has to give credit to the offensive line that was able to open up some holes for him in order to score the touchdown. Well, my brothers and sisters, you and I will not make it to the finish line of eternity. You and I will not make it to glorification unless we had an offensive line that was able to open up some holes for us so that you and I can make it to the end zone. I know some of you all are wondering, Reverend, what are you talking about? It's real easy. We have one offensive line by the name of peace. 
We had another offensive lineman by the name of Grace. We had a center by the name of Mercy. We had an offensive tackle by the name of Joy. And the last offensive lineman was by the name of Forgiveness. And every now and then when you and I were trying to make a score, uh, the devil would get in the backfield and take us 